are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 2nd Thursday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer for BlazersEdge.com, sometimes the Associated Press and former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. It's late. It is is a Thursday night, a TNT Thursday night. The Blazers just wrapped their game this evening against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they were victorious tonight. Uh, they used a 20-8 to run in the last uh, six minutes of the game or so to get a victory in this one, a victory that maybe some of you don't want, which I totally understand because you want the Blazers to have a better draft pick, but of course the players are still playing, and Damian Lillard is balling, and so was Yusuf Nurkic. In this game, the Blazers get the W and withstand a 45.8 rebound, 4 assist effort from Russell Westbrook. Damian Lillard had 33 points on 11 of 23 shooting, continuing his red-hot post-All-Star break shooting. And, and Nurkic, as I mentioned, just an just a monster uh, with 18 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 5 blocks. He did have 4 turnovers, which has been kind of an issue for him. But uh, he really helped make a lot of winning plays down the stretch. He, he had a nice uh, roll to the rim with an and one. He, even if he doesn't grab an offensive rebound, he is good at... keeping the ball alive, deflecting the ball and, 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 and keeping and just keeping the ball alive for his teammates and, and giving them a chance. And Portland had nine offensive boards tonight, which is they actually had less than the Thunder did, but their offensive rebound rate was was very good. They grabbed twenty four point three percent of all the available rebounds, which is is a really good number. And OKC uh, had twenty five percent and they're a really they're one of the best rebounding teams in the league if not the best overall um you know they they really do a good job of getting second chances beating you up on the glass and portland did it almost as good as they did from a a, from a percentage perspective uh thunder for reference are top five in offensive and defensive rebound rate so um Portland has has struggled with both for a lot of the season. Their defensive rebound did improve, but their offensive rebounding really fell off a cliff this season, uh, which was a real key to their success last year that a lot of people, I don't think, maybe assumed or really realized how important that was to the team's success because last year they were actually one of the most efficient offenses in the NBA. They were that was part of the formula. The formula was elite offense or close to it and passable defense. The defense was obviously terrible, worst in the league for a while, but the offense hasn't been there either. And, and Nurkic 
being a disruptive presence in the paint, uh, giving them something close to what Ed Davis it gave them last year on the offensive boards, but a little bit better because he's out there on the floor and doing a lot of other things that Ed Davis just, just doesn't do. Uh, the way he uh, is a presence around the rim on defense. I mean, he had five blocks tonight. Uh, just an absolutely wonderful performance uh, from Yusuf Nurkic in this game. And and he definitely deserves uh, a lot of credit for it. And four games in to his stint, I believe it's four games now, he, he, he's looked pretty good. Uh, and, and with his line tonight, he was the first Blazer with 15 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 blocks since Cliff Robinson in 92. So uh, that is a, a pretty good stat there and great company for Nurkic to be in. Of course, uh, it doesn't help them get a better draft pick, but it does uh, get them a win. Uh, and they're... They're two and two out of the All Star break now, uh, as, as as we have moved on uh, into this post All Star part of the season. And quick standings update for you after this Blazers win: Portland is now two and a half back. They were three back of Denver for the eight seed coming into this game. Now they are two and a half back. It seems like Denver's starting to separate themselves, but Portland with a win. Uh, kind of keeps pace and then they get Brooklyn on Saturday so that's a win on paper but as we've seen uh yeah there are no guarantees with this team but uh they get the Nets next so that probably will likely be a win so they get another one maybe uh, Denver loses, and then the team starts thinking that they're, you know, I mean, they obviously are still in it mathematically, and they will be probably until the last week of the season. And uh, it was kind of a, an eventful game in a, in a lot of ways. And I, I mentioned that West, Russell Westbrook had 45 points in this one. He had 37 going into the fourth quarter and he just went ice cold the rest of the way he jacked up 16 three-pointers tonight which is is just crazy he was making a bunch of them early and, and really just fell in love with it for most of the night he also got to the line 15 times drew a lot of calls some questionable but also those are superstar calls and that's just how it is Dame gets a lot of those calls now. Not to the degree that Westbrook does, but that's just how it goes. And so, uh, but looking at the rest of the Thunder starters, they didn't have Victor Oladipo in this one who was out with back spasms, but uh, the next highest scorer in the starting lineup had six points, Alex Abrinas, who played less than 10 minutes. Uh, the Thunder had some nice performances off their bench. Taj Gibson, Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott. Uh, McDermott, not so good, but Gibson, uh, especially good in Cantor as well. Cantor with a double-double, 18 and 10. Gibson with 15 points. Uh, Blazers also got a nice game from Alfaruk Aminu off the bench. He was 6 of 9 from the field, 14 points, 6 rebounds. Had some clutch plays late, uh, a nice drive uh, where he got an and one, and... Uh, he, he, he played better tonight. He had some moments, and the Blazers almost 
pissed this game away. They were really sloppy with the ball. It looked like they were going to kind of coast to a victory in the final seconds, but the Thunder kept pushing, uh, and, and, and Portland was sloppy with the ball, as they have been really since the All-Star break, and, and, and almost let him back in it, but Portland finally was able to hold on for one, and uh, the Nurkic-Lillard pick-and-roll was looking great. Pretty much any time Nurkic sets a pick, uh, it's looking great <laughs> at this point. Uh, found a, an interesting stat today that was brought to, to me or brought to my attention from or by uh, one of our listeners, Mike Morris, who has contributed to this podcast often and and always commented so shout out to to mike for always listening to us and 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 giving giving me this great stat a little tidbit so uh according to nba.com they track a lot of stuff these days with their fancy tracking cameras and and one of the things that they track is screen assists so uh kind of giving credit to screeners whereas you know in traditional stats setting a good screen that leads to points net you know was not recognized in, in statistics for the most part and Mason Plumley was one of the best guys in the league with that at 4.8 in screen assists but lately Yusuf Nurkic has actually been the best guy in the league since the All-Star break I mean only three games or three games of sample size obviously but he was uh, pretty much blowing everybody out of the water with 6.7 screen assists per game number one in the league is Marcin Gortat and Gortat is number one overall on the season and Nurkic is is outdoing him right now and that I mean, that's a the, a great sign, and and that matches up with what the eyes are seeing. Nurkic is laying major screens on guys. He's wide, he's big, he's strong, and is not afraid to mix it up. And that is what uh, he's he's been doing, and he's been excellent at it so far. And 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 those screens are are super super valuable to the Blazers guards and. He also is very versatile out of those screens, and and much more much more versatile than. I mean, he he's the most versatile in the pick and roll, since Lamarcus, in terms of all of the things that he can do out of it. He can shoot. He can pass. Doesn't and, and he can put it on the floor okay enough, but he can score. He he can use his his body and the Blazers haven't had that because you know Robin Lopez was a great screen setter great role man to the rim and Nurkic has a little bit of that in his game but he also has the ability to catch the ball on the block sometimes step out for a mid-range jumper or a deep two and I really think that he uh is is one of the most versatile bigs that the Blazers have had since since Aldridge left, and he is the most versatile big they've had since Aldridge left. I I, I think I can say that, and only four games in, but he, he can just do more things and is effective doing them. You know, uh, Noah Vonley is versatile on the surface, but is not effective. So uh, to see Nurkic play like this 
while the draft pick is a priority uh, and, and you want to have that better pick, if Nurkic is playing like this, it's kind of hard to be mad at that because if you see that he's starting to become, starting to look like the answer at center and he starts playing super, super well and you think you can have, you can kind of plan around him. Obviously, the Blazers have a lot of money committed to a lot of other guys, but that gives you an answer somewhere that allows you to start trying to work the roster in other areas. And, you know, I don't know. It's four games in, but if if he is the difference that makes you turn it around and 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 have a nice run and 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 finish the season on a strong note i think you have you don't have to be okay with that but i think i would be okay with that because it then you actually are building towards something because here's a guy that you can see a future with and 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 i think that uh that's the attitude with nurkic now the blazers obviously are looking towards the future they did the the Pumley trade was a sign of that but uh if looking to the future helps you in the present i you know i i don't know i i don't, I don't think you can be too mad at that obviously you want that pick to be as high as possible portland still has three picks and uh nurkic being good is a positive ultimately so uh We'll see how that develops. It was a great night tonight. It could be a little do- uh, little dose of TNT, national TV games, uh, affecting the, the Blazers and helping them play well, kind of like what we saw with the Bulls earlier in the night by them beating the Warriors. But if you want to catch some of these last games of the season, you got Brooklyn coming into town on Saturday. They're bad, but uh, there's only – probably only so many games left in the Blazers season and you don't want to miss out and you want to make sure you're at the game the best place to look for those tickets is on SeatGeek buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time and it's always been hard to find that great deal and none of those older ticket websites want to change that but SeatGeek is different they've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell their tickets. It has a great layout, super easy to use, and it's always the first place that I look to when I look for tickets. Like I said, when I had friends in town and I wanted to hang out with them, we got tickets to a game, looked them up on SeatGeek, super easy, and and, and I found a great price, and it, it really didn't take that much time at all. And they do all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites, ensuring that you get the best possible deal to make sure that you save time and money and they do all the work. And SeatGeek wants to make sure that you get the most bang for your buck, and that's why every ticket is given a grade base value from 1 to 100. It's called their deal score, and it'll help you find underpriced seats and make sure that you find tickets that fit your budget. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase, and to get that $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code, and then enter promo code LOBLAZERS and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. So the, there's not a lot of time left in the season, and and the Blazers are, are out of the playoff picture and pretty close to having a, a really nice pick in this draft. Uh, I tweeted before the game today, that heading into this one, Portland was one game back of the sixth pick, and they were three games back of 
the eighth seed in the West, and now they're one and a half back of the of the sixth seed, and 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 now two and a half back of of the Nuggets for the eighth seed. So not a lot of change, but they get Brooklyn. But as I mentioned, the the Nuggets have a a, a long homestand coming up here that they can probably take advantage of. Uh, though they will have some good teams coming in on the back end of that. They play Charlotte, Sacramento, and then they get two good teams coming in in Washington and Boston. Charlotte, another team like the Blazers that has had a bad season. They lost to Phoenix tonight, which I think is kind of funny because I've I kind of gave Charlotte the moniker a few years ago of Portland South or Blazers South because they share a, a lot of the same front office people and it's it's kind of it's a funny coincidence that both teams had over you know what I think a lot of people thought were overachieving years they were both really fun teams fun teams to watch they were kind of like the they were kind of league pass darlings both teams were last year and now both teams have completely fallen off the map charlotte has had just a, an awful season after a great start in portland they started 5 and 3 not as good as charlotte started at 6 and 1 but they obviously have fallen off as well so it's kind of funny to see how uh, that parallel is is working out with a team that is run by a lot of the same people that were involved in the Blazers organization. Obviously, Rich Cho is the is the guy in charge over in Charlotte, but Chad Buchanan uh, is on that staff now, and uh, th- there are a lot of uh, you know crossovers there uh, between both teams. So I thought it was an interesting thing that both of those teams have just kind of had super disappointing seasons and. It also shows that the Blazers are not, uh, they're not alone in, 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 in being a, a massive disappointment this season because Charlotte has, has also been one. I mean, Charlotte was look, they, they inked up Nicholas Batum to a big deal. Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker was an all-star, but, uh, they've had some, they've just not been good. They haven't been able to win games and they've had some injuries here and there, but yeah, just a, a tough season for them as well. Uh, Portland, as I mentioned, plays Brooklyn in the next game. And they get to enjoy a little time at home uh, before they head back out on the road for a really quick road, road trip. They're all over the place this month. Uh, they have Brooklyn on Saturday. Then they are out for a two-game roadie against Minnesota and the same Oklahoma City team that they played tonight, and then they will go on a five-game trip around March Madness uh, at Phoenix, New Orleans, San Antonio, Miami, and Atlanta. So uh, lots of road games coming up for the Blazers with, with some home dates squeezed in between. I think that they it's still going to be tough, but the way they've played post-All-Star break uh, is... is They've played better. I mean, they, they, they've played better. Uh, obviously, I, I think that they're looking towards the future, and I have raised questions about some of the things that they were doing uh, in terms of maybe them be doing some stealth, some stealth tanking. But the way Dame has played over these last couple of games and, and the stuff that we've seen from Nurkic on both ends uh, 
gives me reason to believe that they're going to be in this until the very last week of the season. And yeah, this is could this could be a stressful end of the season for 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 all of us who are invested in the Blazers because obviously there's a lot of us out there that want them to keep the pick and then there's also probably a faction that want to make the playoffs because that's you know but uh it's going to be stressful it it will because (laughs) tonight was it was a great example they they win this game but my entire twitter timeline after is i can't believe that they were stupid and won that game and there were some no i can't believe westbrook missed the three to tie the game at the end which would have been just an absolutely brutal loss to watch. But uh, it's just kind of a funny position that the Blazers are in at this point that uh, they are going to be in a really tight race and most people want them to lose, but they still have a great chance to win. And and Lillard has balled, as I mentioned, uh, since the All-Star break. Now he's averaging 32 points per game. Since the break, shooting 45% from three, uh, just absolutely balling. He's healthy, as as we've mentioned. Uh, but, hey, uh, it's good to see Dame playing well. Uh, I, I think it was kind of a bummer when he was not fully healthy and, and kind of out there struggling, not making shots, having a tough time. And uh, that is at least good to see. Uh, from that standpoint, that the Blazers are just playing a little bit better is, is kind of just refreshing at, to, to watch at this point because they have not been that fun this season at all. And with Nurkic in there and and the way Lillard has played, at least they've been interesting. At least they've been fun to watch. And, and to me, that's, you know, that's part of why I watch basketball is because I want it to be fun. And the Blazers have done that. So uh, they have done uh, a lot better uh, as of late. Their net rating is is not as bad. It's still a negative in these in this post All Star break uh, phase, but they are at least more respectable. Their net rating is middle of the pack, uh, which is is where they've kind of been, but they've been more like back of the middle of the pack. So uh, their overall play, at least their point differential, has been better since the break as well. But it's going to be interesting to see where this team goes and and how they, they go on for the rest of the season because they have what should be a win on Saturday. And then the Minnesota game is now is, is again, uh, for, for the eight seed, which I've, the eight seed race in the Western conference is kind of like being, being into the eight seed in the Western conference is, is like being into Mac football. Like it's fun. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's, it's kind of fun, and that that's kind of what the eight seed reminds me of at this point is 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 like is my friends that watch a lot of college football that are really into the Mac, 
and, and Tuesday night football and stuff like that. Like the eighth seed in the West is Tuesday night football. And that Minnesota game next week is going to be a big one for that because Minnesota has been playing a lot better lately. They're kind of charging and they've been my like dark horse team for the eighth seed all season. Even though Zach Levine tore his ACL just because their, their point differential has indicated that they're maybe better than their record. So that's a big game after the Brooklyn one. And then uh, they have OKC again, which is a back to back, but uh yeah, uh, it's it's going to be funny to watch this interesting, well, not interesting, just funny and entertaining. I, I mean, that's that's basically Mac football. And so uh, Blazers are off. Uh, it sounds like Evan Turner might be back sooner than later. Uh, Lewis Johnson was talking about that. It sounds like uh, he may try to do some things in the next few days. So... Uh, Hey, uh, if they get Evan Turner back, then you're adding more uh, to the team. It'll be interesting to see how that affects the rotation because uh, they've been the other wings have been getting a lot more minutes, and you wonder if it, it, if Turner coming back will kind of change things. He hasn't been out that long, but uh, Turner getting back. Uh, would be another uh, interesting wrinkle and, and another wrinkle for the Blazers to kind of work out as they try to figure out who they are uh, for the future. So if, if Turner comes back, that'll add a little more intrigue. It'll be interesting to see how he plays with Nurkic and, and how they go about playing him in the starting lineup. If they go back to that or if they keep Harkless in the starting lineup, who uh, was was pretty good again tonight, 10 points, 9 rebounds, only two of seven from the field, but Harkless has just been uh, a really one of the the few bright spots from a role player perspective for the Blazers this season, and uh, it continues. And I, and I think Turner, obviously a great ball handler, really helps when teams sell out on CJ and Dame. But I, I do think there's something to trying to get him to try a little bit more offensively, to maybe carry a little bit more of a load and see what he can do because he's still. I think he's only 23. So, uh, you know, Harkless being so young is, is kind of an asset. I mean, will he kind of grow into his game? That question remains to be seen. But giving him more chances, and if he continues to start, he will get more of those chances. So, But, but I don't necessarily think that will happen if, if, if Turner returns. But it's going to be a different lineup than the one that they had when Turner was starting with Plumlee in there. So that'll definitely be an adjustment for uh, this team when, when Turner does come back. So it'll be interesting to see if he if he's back by next week or something like that. Uh, I think that, that would be pretty crazy. But, hey, uh, it sounds like he, he, he's ramping back up, according to, to Lewis Johnson from TNT tonight. So uh, Evan Turner might be back sooner than we expected. And the Blazers are two and a half back of the eighth seed, one and a half back of the number six pick in the NBA draft. So think things could go one of two ways, but I think we're not gonna go we're not gonna know which way things go until probably the last week of the season. So watch for improvement, watch for little things again. 
don't stress too much about the standings because I think it's it's we're really just not going to know until the very end because uh, Sacramento looks terrible. Minnesota looks better. Denver is playing well post break as well. So there's still a lot of possibilities here that could keep Portland in the mix. And uh, I, I suspect that they'll be in the mix for the rest of the season as, 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 as nice as it would be to, you know, have a bunch of losses and, and get a top five pick or something like that. Uh, this team's just not built to do that. They're not that bad. They're, they're bad enough to not be a playoff team, but they're not bad enough to just be really, 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 really bad. And the gap is not that big in the standings, but I just think if Lillard keeps playing this way, they just, they're not going to be that bad. If, if they have Lillard playing the way he is, and if McCollum can kind of just continue his season, so to speak, and kind of build off of how he was pre-All-Star and kind of get back to that form post-All-Star, then, and and you have the Nurkic thing in there now. Uh, this team still can make the playoffs. They're two and a half back. They still can make it. So... I guess that's what happened tonight. They they kept those hopes alive because a, a loss tonight uh, would have dropped them back behind all all those uh, behind Sacramento and Minnesota, and 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 now they're they're back in ninth, probably feeling good about themselves. But that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Would appreciate some questions. Uh, please send questions, comments, concerns. <laughs> to me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson, or you can send them to at locked on blazers on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, audio boom, Google play tune in FM, wherever you can get a podcast. If you listen to us on fan rag sports, would really appreciate the follow. If you follow the blazers on there or, and leave us five star review. If you would be so kind. So until next time, which will probably be after Saturday's game against the Brooklyn Nets.